0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit. Please join us for this message with Donna Astern. If you open your Bibles, please, to 2 Timothy 2? My title tonight is Your Ministry of Light. You know, we've got a lot of people who talk about, you know, my ministry. My ministry involves traveling the world. My ministry involves being on the radio. My ministry involves anything that sounds like requires a microphone or requires a lot of attention from somebody else. You know, it seems like a lot of times when people talk about ministry, they're really talking a lot about themselves more than so much they are talking about, you know, what God is doing through them. And so sometimes it makes, when people talk about ministry that way, that sometimes it makes um, ordinary, most, you know, men and women tend to feel like, well, You know, I'm not called to that. I'm not called to stand behind a pulpit. I'm not called to be on the radio. I'm not called to this and that. So, okay, okay, you know, I don't really have a ministry per se. And as I've been preaching for a long time, there is every believer has a membership ministry of the body of Christ. It's find out how it is that God has designed you to function. And so even with that type of a teaching that sometimes people say, okay, well, what I do is I prophesy. Or what I do is I pray for the sick. Or what I do is, and they have this one little job description that's based upon what they consider to be their gifts and the ministry that God's placed them in but I want us to look at just a little bit differently and uh, for some of us it's going to be a different different um, approach to ministry than maybe what you're accustomed to but in second Timothy chapter 2 there's Timothy has drawn a real contrast between the people who are in darkness and those who are in light in verse 24. It says the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. But realize this, in the last days difficult times will come. Hmm, do you think we're in the last days? Uh, Verse 2, for men will be lovers of self. You know anybody like that? Lovers of money, are you seeing that? Boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. How many of you seeing that? Mm -hmm. I am unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God, we see that everywhere, don't we? Right? Hold into a form of godliness, although if they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. You know, when you start with verse one and go down, and look at that list of those terrible, you know, terrible characteristics. You say, "Yeah, that's the world. That's the world." Until you get to verse five, holding a form of godliness. He's talking about church folks. Right. Now, if we'll be honest, we have known church folks that meet these these uh, descriptions right in times past we have been people who live like that but it says what we're supposed to do is avoid those people why so they don't pollute you with their sinful attitudes and their behaviors have y'all ever read of in first corinthians 1533 for 1533 that says do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals right and as the world says birds of a feather flock together right and we tend to become like those people that we hang around. And I like to use the, the ice cube principle. If you're sitting on the ice cube and you're melting the ice cube, that's a good thing. If it's freezing your butt, get off. And a lot of times we've got people, well, I'm there to be a witness. I'm there to be influenced. Well, who's doing the influencing? When you leave, are they more like you or are, they more, are you more like them? You think about it. Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners, right? But he came away from there being untainted by them. And when he saw it not as somebody he usually hung around with, but someone he was there to minister to and to change. Right? And the disciples were the ones who spent the most time with him. Okay? So with all of this we're seeing that even in the church there's plenty of these people who are who have these qualifications or these characteristics. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy you know, we're seeing people who love pleasure more than they love God. People who think of all kinds of reasons to go entertain themselves, but not many reasons to do something godly, to something that's benefited them spiritually. In Psalm chapter 4, I'll read it real quickly to you. Verses 5, a fourth, Psalm 4, 5 through 8. It says, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, Who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart, more than when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. The world is saying, Will somebody show me some good? Because everywhere I look, I see treacherous people, I see unholy people, people who have stabbed in the back. You know, they'll sell their grandmother out for a buck. I mean, we're seeing bad stuff. And people are crying out, as they always have been, who is going to show me some good? And unfortunately, many times the people they have looked for to show them some good have been the ones to stab them in the back and betray them. Isn't that true? Have you ever been stabbed in the back and betrayed by a Christian? More than one time? Okay. What does that tell you? (laughs) It tells you, you know, we got some work to do. And people are looking for good. You know, people want others to be good to them. But how many times are they surprised? Oh, you didn't have to do that. That That's so sweet. Really? Do you mean it? We are often surprised when somebody wants to treat us in a way that is not unholy, ungrateful. That is a way that is kind and is considerate. Isn't that right? And so there are people who are looking for that. There's been times in my life that I have approached a person And I have specifically said to them, I'm looking for kindness from you. I'm looking for kindness from you. I'm hurting right now, and I'm looking for kindness. Will you be kind to me? You know, and just real, that was a real gut-level, honest thing. You know, I didn't need to be hurt anymore. I needed some goodness to show from somebody. And it's also been my pleasant experience to tell you that there are times that I've gone sometimes to my oversight, expressed a situation, concern, and was kind of waiting to get rebuked, kind of waiting to get, you know, dressed down or something. And instead, I was was treated with kindness and with mercy, which was always such a comfort to me. And it made me that much more, want to be that much more vulnerable and open. Not to say that a time or two I haven't been told, now Donna, because sometimes people do need to tell you the truth, right? tell you and give you some insight to make some adjustments in your life but the thing is that they spoke the truth in love and it made me even want to entrust my heart to them again you know it's it's that whole thing of people are looking for goodness that's why the people love to follow Jesus that's why Zacchaeus crawled up in the you know the sycamore tree and wanted to see Jesus why is that because he he was like the the sinners were attracted to him they were not attracted to the Pharisees because we know what they're like, um, lovers of money, uh, treacherous, <laughs> right? Proud, arrogant, boastful. We know about the Pharisees, but they weren't attracted to that. They were attracted to the genuine goodness that was in Jesus. Amen. Now, when, in that verse in Psalm 4 and 5, the first thing that the psalmist said there was, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Let me tell you what a sacrifice of righteousness is. Since we live in the New Testament and we don't bring the turtle dove and we don't bring the bull and we don't bring the lamb and we don't bring the grain offerings or the wine offerings, we don't bring those things. The sacrifices of righteousness, that's when I inconvenience myself for you. It's a good thing. It's when I inconvenience myself To show you some kindness. To show you some goodness. You see we live right now in a time. Where people are professional ministers. And they'll help you when it's on their time schedule. Where it works out. In the midst of all the other things we've got going on. You know there are times that Jesus stopped everything. To go minister to somebody who was hurting. Right? I'm not talking about being a doormat. Because Jesus was no doormat. But there is a time. It's necessary to offer sacrifice and to extend yourself. You know, it's like when when a child is hurt and you've got to immediately deal with that child, it's never at a convenient time. You ever notice that? (laughs) I used to wonder what was the point because (laughs) my kids never seem to need the doctor from Monday to Friday, 9 to (laughs) 5. You know, they didn't really seem to need them. They needed, they needed an inconvenient time. There are times I'm heading out the door. Jim was telling me about heading out the door, and guess what? Somebody needed her. She put herself, inconvenienced herself as an offering of kindness and sacrifice to somebody else. There's been plenty of times I've had to set apart my own schedule, my own preferences, my own anything because somebody else needed it. That's what a sacrifice of righteousness is. And you see, the Bible says God is well-pleased with the sacrifices that we make. And a sacrifice, of right, a sacrifice of righteousness many times is not observed by anyone else. It's not in front with the microphone. It's not, you know, where, where people are going to see and take notice. Many times, it's, you're the only one that knows, you and God, because God has instructed you to show somebody kindness, to give to, you know, pull out of your pocket money you had been given for your birthday. You're going to do something with it. And the Lord told you somebody else needs it more than you do and give it. Something where you gave a sacrifice that was righteousness inside of the Lord and was a blessing to somebody else. How many of us would be where we are today if it had not been for somebody else inconvenience in themselves? Absolutely. Every last one of us have benefited from somebody else's sacrifice, right? And so we've got, here we are on planet Earth And here we've got people crying out, will somebody show me some good? And you and I are here to offer sacrifices of righteousness, inconvenience ourselves for other people's sake. Let's turn over to Matthew 25. Many times Jesus said, you'll do these things in secret. People, your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing, the scripture says, right? Without a lot of fanfare. Remember, he rebuked the Pharisees. They blew their big trumpets. Do-do-do-do-do. Here I come with my offering. It's kind of like when they do those telethon things, you know, like PBS or whatever does telethon. And they want to make the big deal out of the guy that gave the big, you know, donation. And I wonder, and they'll flash their name up there. Have you seen that? They'll flash their name up there on the screen. And I'm wondering how many of those people only gave because they wanted to see their name on TV. How many times have... I mean, I wonder how many people would still give if nobody knew it except whoever wrote the receipt. What would happen? Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The Lord will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me. You did it to me. So when you stopped on your way home from Burger King and you gave your lunch to somebody who was hungry, God saw it. You know, it was like giving to Jesus. That's how he counted it. You know, there's, there are so many people who are hurting and some of them need financial things, but many of them are lonely. Many of them just need somebody to listen to them for a while. And some of them just need the, the gift of your time. Could you sit with them for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and just be a friend to somebody? You know, with these sacrifices, the Lord is well pleased. He said, even if you did it to somebody, you came and visited somebody because they were shut in or locked up, as the case were. You came and you visited them. Jesus said, you did it to me. This is a sacrifice that's well pleasing. In Matthew five sixteen, Jesus said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Because what happens when the people of God offer sacrifices of righteousness and the recipient receives it? What comes out of their mouth? Some kind of positive response. Oh, thank God. What a miracle. You answered my prayer. Hallelujah. Something. Even people that don't know God will give glory to God. God they will. And, and they'll say, and sometimes I, I, I heard them say one time, you must be a Christian just because it was kind to a total stranger. Total stranger on the side of the road, stranded, gave him 20 bucks. Did he, was he a con artist? I don't know. Gave him 20 bucks, you know. When you do good to other people, it allows the love and the goodness of God to be seen. Jesus is just as much glorified when you visit someone who is sick or in the hospital, when you feed someone who is hungry. He is just as much glorified in those acts of goodness, those acts of doing kindness for other people as he is when you prophesy, when you pray for the sick, and when you cast out devils. So much of the time as Christians, we want to limit our ministry to only spiritual gifts. But you know what? James had some things to say about that too. He's like, if you see your brother hungry and you just say, oh, go, be warm and fill, but you don't give him something to eat, you're really just not worth very much, right? So much time we just want to prophesy or pray. Maybe you need to pray, prophesy, and give them 20 bucks. (laughs) Maybe they need gas money get home. Well, they don't need any money. Look at them. Look how they're dressed. Do not judge. You do not know. Somebody could have bought that in yesterday's prosperity. There are people wearing jewelry, wearing in houses, driving cars, wearing clothes that were bought when they had money in the bank and their situation has reversed. You don't know. You don't know. That's why you just be led by the Spirit of God and let kindness move on you, right? Mm -hmm. There are also sometimes you've got the people who need to to, to be given to because they always give out. They're the ones that always reach in their pocket. Always, 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 always. And they don't really have any needs, but boy, they need to receive for two reasons. One is because they need to, they need to humble themselves to receive. How many know it takes humility to receive? Mm-hmm. It does. Do you ever have trouble when somebody tries to give you something? Mm-hmm. It's pride, mm-hmm. right? Well, I can't let you do that. Why not? You know what? I don't fight when people want to buy me lunch. I go in there expecting to buy my own, right? If they grab the check, thanks. I don't get in a fight about it. Why? Let them bless me. I ain't got nothing to prove. Right? I've, I have seen grown men almost come to fisticuffs over the check, to where it's embarrassing. It's like it's, it was the war of pride. I just feel it, like just split it up and, you know, buy the next table of lunch. I mean, that'll do it. <laughs> Oh, you see, Jesus said, let your light shine. Not just your spiritual gifts shine, but the light of your life. So many times we're going to wait until we get to church to minister. Who are you with today? Who do you know today? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's a total stranger. Who knows? The last scripture I want to look at quickly is Galatians 6. You see, when we let our light shine before men... Whose light is shining through us? It's the light of the Lord, right? It's the light of His glorious gospel, His kingdom. The light of God is shining through us. When we do that, we prove ourselves to be sons and daughters of God. We are really acting like Jesus because Jesus sacrificed and gave of Himself not only on the cross, but in the 33 years before the cross. He gave over and over and over again. It was common knowledge that Jesus was generous. It was common knowledge that He extended Himself to people far before the cross. Galatians 6-2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he'll have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Verse 5, for each will bear his own load. The one who is taught in the word is to share all things all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he also will reap. Let's stop right there. How many times have you heard that verse in a negative context? Oh, watch out. you going to sow that you're going to reap it. Let's put this in a positive context. You sow righteousness. You sow good deeds. You sow kindness. You are going to receive that. That's not it saying the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain, pro- obtain the promise of mercy, right? The promise is there. It's a promise. So let's look at this as a real positive thing. Okay, whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. So when I'm sowing goodness and kindness and generosity, I will reap those things in return. When I am sowing referrals, when I am sowing, when I am sowing clients, when I am sowing whatever resources I have, I'm also going to receive. There are plenty of times I refer people to other ministries, often. Refer them to websites, books, give them out, you know, I think you ought to contact so-and-so. I think they've got expertise in the area that you need. Not that I don't, I mean, certainly if I can help, y'all will. But sometimes I refer them to somebody else. I think you'd be better off checking out this particular website. I don't get a cut. (laughs) That's not what it's about, right? It's I'm referring. That's what networks do. They refer. And let our lives be such to where we are connected to people. I know an excellent resource that will help you. Let me send you on the way. Tell them I sent you. Let's refer people. And you know what? People start calling me. So-and-so said I should call you. Or I got an email. I should get, you know, because the law works. As we are blessing other people, we're also being blessed ourselves. Okay. Now, let's scoop down to verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit... Will from the Spirit reap eternal life? Let us not do, lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are, are the household of faith. There's oftentimes I'm praying, God, make me a blessing. Not that I want to just be, you know you know, bless you tonight. I don't want to be a one-shot blessing. I want to be... A blessing that when you have an, an an interaction or encounter with me that you come away blessed and it may be because I gave you 20 bucks it may be because I spent time with you it may be because I prophesied to you I don't know maybe because I referred you but I want it to be a blessing and the word says to especially be good to those of the household of faith why is that because that's family y'all right that's family especially be good to your own family the Bible says if you can't treat your own good, your own family right, what's it say? You're worse than an infidel? Well, let's extend it to the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, come first. Now, certainly, we'll extend ourselves to the world to be a light to them, to draw them in, those pre-Christians out there, draw them into this family. This is a great family. You ought to come be in this family. It's wonderful. All these wonderful people in here, right? But to good... To good to those of the household of faith. Why should we do that? Let me tell you. Sowing good deeds, doing good beyond spiritual gifts, just as a human being, as a person, as a child of God, an ambassador of light will bring a personal transformation. You cannot continually look out there and seek to be a blessing to other people and not be personally transformed. If you think you're a little bit too full of yourself, a little bit too self-centered, a little bit too proud, a little bit too, you know, caught up in your own problems, I encourage you to make make yourself a daily exercise of today, God, who can I extend myself to? Who can I be a blessing to? And to put yourself a little sticker to remind yourself to pay attention. Somebody else, somebody else, and see who else you can bless. This will transform you. Because after a while, no longer will you just be thinking about yourself and your situation, your problems. But you'll automatically be thinking ministry-minded. It doesn't necessarily mean prophecy. doesn't necessarily mean casting out devils. But does mean, what do you need? What do I have that I can share? And let's be a conduit, a blessing. This is your ministry of light. Whether you get to prophesy or preach, that doesn't necessarily matter. But this is your ministry of light. And Jesus said to let your lights shine. Amen. So if we were to look back at the first list that I had given you, that, that list of all those characteristics from 2 Timothy, and if we were to draw a contrast, if that's the way the world is living right there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, we look at that list of those characteristics of people. Haters of good, treacherous, reckless, those things. So if that's what the kingdom of darkness looks like, then what do our lives look like in contrast as ministers of light? If we are truly walking as ministers of light and we are shining, letting our light shine, we will be recognized as being considerate of other people. Humble, gentle, obedient, and honoring our parents. Grateful, Holy, loving, ready to reconcile. Maybe they don't want to reconcile, but I'm ready. That's important, right? Covering others rather than spreading gossip. Self-controlled, kind, and lovers of good. Loyal, thoughtful, modest, lovers of God. And people of faith who attract people. People of faith and power who attract people. I don't like to be around negative people, do you? I don't like to be around people who, who don't believe God, who've got no faith. I don't like to be around that. But who want to be around Jesus? Everybody who had a need. They were attracted to his goodness, to his faith, and to his power. Guess what? When you are the optimistic one at the office, yeah, you're going to get those that, you know, complain and whatever. But you know what? When trouble comes, they call you, don't they? I've had them call me. Well, let's get Donna on the phone. They weren't my friend before trouble came, but when trouble came, <laughs> let's get Donna, you know, because people know. They know. Well, you know how to pray. I, I think you can get a hold of God. I don't have any confidence myself, but I think you can. Right? Of course. And people are attracted. People who went to Jesus didn't think that God would hear their prayers. But they really believed God would hear Jesus' prayers. You see? Why? Because Jesus let his light shine. He let his light shine. Not just his power gifting. But he let his light shine. One of my favorite sayings is, it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. I think that there are a lot of people who just want to complain about how bad it is. You know, oh country's so bad, job's so bad, economy's so bad, church is so awful, people are idiots, da da da, da traffic's terrible. They just want to complain all the time. You know what? There are problems out there. Are they going to get any better with us belly aching? Actually, they're going to get worse, aren't they? If you know much about sowing and reaping in the words of your mouth, they're going to get worse. Rather than, you know, anybody can sit around and gripe and complain Like Zig Ziglar says, let's not be fault finders. Let's be good finders. I don't mean be unrealistic, but it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. And let's do something about it. You know, why don't? If your workplace, you know, is horrible and those people are mean and nasty and stab you in the back and your boss is a a, a tyrant and all that stuff, then it's time for the light to shine. Those people deserve judgment. Give them some mercy. Be unexpectedly kind. Inconvenience yourself that Jesus may shine through you. It's going to transform you. It's going to change you. And Jesus is watching. And you get eternal rewards. I'd like for us to pray. Father, in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, that our lights would shine very brightly. That we would extend ourselves towards other people. And that we would not see our ministry just on the weekends or at the special event or just when the power gifts come into play, but we would see our ministry as showing kindness, as showing goodness, of being loyal, of being gentle and considerate, especially to people who don't deserve it. I ask you, Lord God, that you would give us the grace for every personality conflict, for every obstacle, for every besetting sin, for everything that tends to trip us up and slow us down and tends to cloud the light that needs to shine. And make us a blessing. Make us a blessing. As you are transforming us, Lord God, I ask you, Lord, to put additional resources in our hands that we may spread them around, that we can bless some other folks. And I ask your Holy Spirit to prompt us when we're when we're pulling back because we don't want to sacrifice when you're calling us to I'll ask you also ask your holy spirit that you would alert us when the enemy is trying to get in there and trying to exhaust us and wear us out to sacrifices you've not called us to make may we be led by your spirit and lord we're not going to fret and fuss and worry about it we're just trusting you we just trust you lord god you're our shepherd. You will lead us in the way that we should go. And we'll all be better forward. We bless you and thank in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit, additional teachings and training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com. Or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Apostolic Network, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you and God bless you.